0: Warriors, there we go, warriors of faith is what I'm going to talk to you about for just a minute. Are there any warriors in here? Are there any soldiers? As far back as history, there have been battles, there has been war. As far back as you can go, there have been soldiers that have been called. Young men, young women in battle, in the war, fighting, giving their all, giving their life. Physical war, physical battle, spiritual war. As far back as you want to go. And these soldiers, these warriors... Have learned strategies. They have followed plans. They have been strategic. They have learned the, the acts of war and the art of war. They have trained up soldiers. They have raised up men and women. It is not a surprise that we are in a battle today. It is not a surprise that we are fighting a war today we are in a war we're in a war and if you think we're not you need to wake up last Sunday there was a shooting in a church last night there was a shooting downtown Chattanooga Just a few days ago, there was a shooting in a grocery store in New York. Last week, there was a shooting in a school in Texas. And somebody said, well, take away the guns and it'll all stop. Oh, really? Go to New York where the guns are not allowed. Go to Chicago where guns are not allowed. They've taken them away. There's more people killed this weekend in Chicago than you can shake a stick at. But guns are illegal, so it's safe there. We're in a war. People are going to get guns. We have to be strategic spiritually because the the problem is sin. That's the problem. Politics is not the problem. Which side of the fence you're on is not the problem. Sin is the problem. Sin is the issue. That is the issue. That is the problem. But today we need to honor the veterans that have paid the price. Those that have served in the armed forces. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I don't have enough words to describe how much I appreciate those that have served faithfully in our military and those that continue to serve and those that are serving in the law enforcement. Thank you, thank you, thank you for giving us the freedom we have, for fighting for the freedom, for helping to make our streets safe and our country safe. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. you. But we're in a battle. We are in a war. We want to honor those. But also today I want to look back in history. And I want to give some honorable mention. To some spiritual warriors. Some soldiers. That have done what they do. So that spiritually you and I could come in here today. And know the word of God. And have examples of those that have followed the word of God. And lived on the word of God. So that we know how to act. We know how to live. We know how to come and worship and have church. We know how to raise our kids. We know how to get this word and put it in our kids. And put it in other people. Because of the spiritual pioneers. Warriors that have pioneered the way and paved the way before us. As I thought about different ones that we could have talked about today and used today, there are literally hundreds in the Bible that we could talk about. I don't have time to talk about all of those. I don't have time to talk about Moses and Noah. I don't have time to talk about Elijah and Elisha and Samuel and the prophets and Nehemiah. I don't have time to talk about Matthew, Mark and Luke and John and the Apostle Paul that was a persecutor of Christians. But he had that Damascus Road experience and everything turned around when a light shined on him. And he said, who is it? And the Lord said, it's me. And he heard, he responded, he answered the call. I don't have time to talk about John the Baptist. I don't have time to talk about all of the disciples. I don't have time to talk about all of those. But I wanted to make an honorable mention today and just give you a few of the warriors that are worthy of honorable mention today. And again, I'm just highlighting a few. But when I think about... Veterans of the faith, warriors, soldiers that we need to remember. Abraham came to mind. Abraham. Everybody say Abraham. Abraham. The name Abraham means father of many or father of the multitude. We know that he is the father of the nations. We look at him as the father of our faith. When you think about Abraham, you think about faith. When you think about Abraham, you think about a miracle. When you think about Abraham, you think about someone that got a promise from God and would not let go. They held on to the promise of God. He would not turn loose of the promise of God, even in his old age, because God had made him a promise that he was going to be the father of the nations. And they couldn't have a child. It was, the promise was to him and Sarah, and they could not have a child. And he tried to work it out in the flesh. I don't have time to preach all that. But he had Ishmael. But he was not the promised son. He had the promise that he was going to be the father of the nations. So he held on with tenacity. With bulldog tenacity. You know why a bulldog's nostrils are turned up, don't you? It's so he can hold on and still breathe without letting go. And Abraham had that bulldog tenacity. He held on to the word of God. He held on to the promise of God. He held on with faith unwavering. No matter what. Even when he went past the age of being able to father a child. And Sarah was so old. She could not conceive. She could not Carry a child in her womb for nine months. It was impossible. And I can see old Abraham coming in, you know. Going to the place where they sell baby stuff. And the man looks at him and says, Oh, you here for your great, 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 great grandbaby? And he goes... No, I'm going to be a daddy. And the man laughs. And Abraham said, that's exactly what I did when the angel told me. That's exactly what Sarah did when the angel told her. And they laughed. So we thought we would just name him Laughter. And he was named Isaac, which means Laughter. But in Hebrews chapter 11, which we call the faith chapter, it talks a little bit about faith and it talks a little bit about Abraham. If there was one, there was one chapter in the Bible that you wanted to commit to memory, if there was just one chapter that you wanted to memorize, I would encourage you, I would, challenge, I would challenge you to memorize Hebrews chapter 11. Now Faith. Now faith, not yesterday's faith, not your grandma's faith, not your great, 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 great grandma's faith, not your daddy's faith, not the pastor's faith, not somebody's faith that you heard preach on TV or on the internet, but now faith, your faith that operates in the moment, in the time zone that you're living in right now. Now faith is the substance of things that you hope for. It is the evidence, the things that you cannot see. By faith, the elders obtained a good testimony, a good report, which lets us know the elders did not always have a good testimony. At one point, they were on their way to hell, but apparently somebody got in front of them and said, Hey, I'm going to do everything I can to make it hard for you to go to hell. So your life is going to change. Your testimony is going to change. Everything is going to change. So in Hebrews chapter 11, it is the faith chapter, and it talks about Abraham. It talks about many warriors and many soldiers in that chapter that we could give honorable mention to today, but time will not us permit. Where he talked about Gideon and Barak and all the other warriors and soldiers. It talked about them. I'll come back to that in a moment. And then there was Rahab in Joshua chapter 2. Rahab, she was the lady of the night. She had her own house, and she was a lady of the night. And when Joshua sent warriors to spy out the land, she put them up and hid them when the king and the soldiers wanted to find them and put them to death because the, the intelligence said that warriors and spies were there, and they heard that they had been to Rahab's house. So when they went to her, she said, they were here. You better run because they have left. She lied. Said you better, you better run and see if you can find them. And she had them hidden on the roof. And she made a covenant with them. A pact with him. And said because I have showed favor to you. And I have protected you. And I have sheltered you. We've heard about you. We know that you're coming. We know the storm is coming. We know the war is coming to Jericho. It's coming to our city. And when you come into our city, please remember me. And so they made the covenant with her. And it was through her lineage that Jesus came. Read it in the begats, begat, 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 begat. begat. You think those are boring until you start reading and see what it's about and who was born. And you start seeing their story and their testimony. And you find out who they are. And you find out that they are warriors that paid a price so we could be where we are today. And then there was King David in 1 Samuel chapter 30. You can read about him in many chapters, but in 1 Samuel chapter 30, he had just come back from battle. He had come back from war. And when he got back to Ziklag, all of the families, his, his, all the soldiers, their 600 warriors, their families, their sons, their daughters, their wives, they had all been captured and taken away. And the people began to weep. And David began to weep. And then all the soldiers that he had been leading turned towards him, against him, and said, we need to stone David. It's his fault. Let's blame him. They needed somebody to blame. They needed a scapegoat. So they they said, let's blame David. Let's kill David. Let's stone David. And the Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. We've used that scripture many times. And somebody says, what does that really mean? I'm going to tell you what it means. He was an anointed warrior. They even made a song about him, and they said, David said, Saul killed his thousands, but David, the warrior, killed his tens of thousands. So David was only facing 600 warriors that he had been leading. And when they spoke of of stoning him, I believed he was like Popeye on the old cartoon eating his spinach. I believe that he just said, what? You're going to do what? And I believe that he just got full of the Holy Ghost. And I believe he probably just cracked his neck a little bit, got ready, and said, all right, bring it on. And they had seen him. All of a sudden, they remembered, oh, he's the one that killed the giant. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I think we'll, And they started dropping their stones and backing up, because he had encouraged himself. I believe he was saying to himself, "Self, you are anointed. Self." You are full of the power of God. Self, the lion could not defeat you. The bear could not defeat you. You have killed tens of thousands because you are a warrior and you have been anointed by God for such a time as this. So don't be afraid now. Don't be worried now that 600 of your followers are turning on you because you have the power of me behind you. You're going to be all right. I just hear the the Lord speaking in his spirit and I hear David encouraging himself and saying self you don't have to worry about this is a little thing this is a small thing it's going to turn around in just a moment and he encouraged himself in the Lord if we could get to the place when every time we face a battle even if there is a Judas in our life that turns on us we just need to say hey I'm full of the Holy Ghost I am anointed for such a time as this. I know the Bible I know what the word says I know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world I know that I will live and not die I know that I am healed I will not die I know that I am full of his spirit and whatever I face the giant is going down so he encouraged himself in the Lord and in that moment in 1 Samuel chapter 30 he prayed said Lord do I need to pursue this enemy and get back the kids and get back the wives and get back the stuff and the Lord said yep you shall pursue you shall overtake and you shall recover all that's a word for somebody right now I need to tell you that God is the recovery specialist And whatever the devil has stolen, whatever you have lost, you're about to walk into a season to recover everything that you've lost, everything that's been stolen. The Bible even says when the thief, when he steals from you, when he is caught, he has to return sevenfold. So not only are you going to start getting back what's been stolen from you, you're going to get back seven times, seven times more, seven times more joy, seven times more resources, seven times more finance seven times healthier than you were before whatever the devil has tried to steal seven times more it's coming back to you and they pursued and they overtake overtook and they recovered all he recovered all and the name David means beloved David's a warrior He made his mistakes, but also, do not forget, he, the Bible says, was a man after God's own heart. What does that mean? Oh, he was a worshiper. He was a praiser. He set records for sacrificing to the Lord. He was so anointed that when he was still serving in Pharaoh's court, Pharaoh was tormented by devils. Or or not Pharaoh, but Saul, I'm sorry, was tormented by devils that he would call for David to come and play the harp. So this warrior was a musician. He would play that harp. And the music would change everything. You know, music sets the atmosphere. So there's a few honorable mentions. And all of these warriors in the Bible, they all had strategies. I want to just give you a few quickly, just from this scripture in Hebrews chapter 11. What shall I say? What more shall I say? For the time would fail me on this Sunday morning in May to tell you about Gideon, who had, how many thousands of soldiers did he have? Does anybody remember? How many? Now I'm talking about before he whittled it down to 300. How many do you have? 32,000. Wow. Somebody said he could do anything with that army. Yeah, the Lord said, no, that's too many. That'll make it look like you did it. Get rid of all of them. 300 left. 300. 300. What can God do with 300? Time doesn't permit for me to tell you about Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, all of these, David. Samuel, the prophets. So here's the strategies. Don't miss this. Who? Through faith. Yeah. Yeah. Through faith. Faith is the key. You need, to, you need to read chapter 11 of Hebrews and read it again and read it again and read it again and read it again. In Hebrews chapter 11, now faith is the substance of things that you're hoping for. The evidence of things that you do not see. So it was through faith that these warriors subdued kingdoms. Did you know that you can subdue kingdoms through faith? This is what they did. This was a strategy to subdue the kingdom. If you subdue the kingdom, that means you subdue the king of the kingdom. If you subdue the kingdom and you subdue the king of the kingdom, guess what? You can go in and do whatever you need to do in the kingdom because the kingdom and the king and all the soldiers and all the army and everybody there, they have been subdued. Need I tell you in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 28, He gave God gave us the, the power to have dominion and subdue. In Genesis chapter 1, in the first book, in the first chapter, God gave you dominion and he said, subdue. Yeah. So we need to learn to subdue the kingdoms of this world that would come against us, that would come against the church, that would come against your family or your business or our government, or our city, or our nation, or whatever it is. Subdue them through faith. You say, how? Through faith. Through faith. These, these warriors, they worked righteousness. You can't work righteousness. You can't teach people righteousness and show people righteousness and tell them to do righteous unless you are righteous. Amen. How can I tell you, what I'm, tell you what to do if I'm not willing to do what I'm asking you to do? They worked righteousness. They obtained promises. How do you obtain promises? You talk to the promise keeper. The problem with so many people in the church today is they haven't talked to the promise keeper in a long time. How can you obtain a promise if you never talk to the promise keeper? I need to say that again. How can you ever obtain promises if you never talk to the promise keeper? You want to deal with him second, third, fourth hand? No, 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 no. He wants to talk to you. He's interested in spending time with you. He wants you to get on your face before him and talk to him in person. When he wakes you up at 3 o'clock in the morning and nudges you and you just go, No, I'm too tired, I'm too tired, I'm too tired. He's trying to talk to you then. You say, Why does he have to do it at 3 in the morning? Because every other time you're so distracted you don't hear him. So when you wake up, he wants to talk to you. And if you just lay there and said, Talk to the Lord, you'll go back to sleep. Yeah, yeah. Get up. Yeah. Get up. I told you when I started today, the Lord put it in my spirit. From this day on, I'm going to make it hard for you to go to hell. When the Lord nudges you, when you wake up, if you're one of His, you know His voice. You know when He is talking. You know when He is speaking to you. Get up. Yeah, yeah. Here's the strategy. It's to do the kingdoms through faith. Work righteousness through faith. Faith is the key to all this. Obtain the promise by talking to the promise keeper through faith. I love this next one. We're warriors. We have to learn to stop the mouth of lions. Four-legged and two-legged. The lions want to devour. Satan is a counterfeit. The Bible says he comes as a roaring lion. He's not the real thing. He's not the real deal. He is not the Lion of Judah. So, you have to learn to stop the mouth of lions. Daniel did that. He was thrown in the lion's den. In the flesh. In the natural. In reality. He didn't have a snowball's chance in the lake of fire to survive a night in the lion's den. Because they always kept the lions hungry. So when they threw somebody in, it would be done. Quick and easy. It would be done. I don't know if it would be quick and easy. That would be a tough way to go. But Daniel had enough faith. When they put him in the lion's den, he was able to shut their mouth. How did he do it, Pastor? He tells you right there. Through Faith. If we could just understand that God has made faith available to us now. If we will activate it. Whatever we need to do. Cast out devils. Open blinded eyes, open deaf ears, raise somebody from the dead, walk on the water, move the mountain, kill the giant, whatever it is. Through faith, He has given you, you, you and me the power, the authority to do it through faith. Thank you for those two, right, three, there's three, four there. Thank you. Because the truth is, the rest of the church, the rest of the world, most people say, oh, that was great. It makes great preaching. I wish we could see some of those miracles now. Uh Uh-huh. Well, then start acting in faith. Start acting in faith. Start acting in faith. All of you have got a few little stories, a few little testimonies of things that God has done down through your life, down through your family, down through the ministry. If you were raised in a faith family, you've got these little stories, these testimonies. Some of them are big stories and big testimonies. We've all seen a few little things. It's time for us to do more. I didn't tell you that Rahab's name means to expand territory, to enlarge, to increase. And God used her to increase the army, to increase the warriors. So here's the strategy. Quench the violence of fire. Wow. Because fire, when, when fire starts, it rages. It gets out of control. It cannot be satisfied. It consumes everything in its path. But through faith, you have the, the power and the authority to quench the violence of fire. To escape the edge of the sword. Out of weakness, you can be made strong. Become valiant in battle. battle. Turn to flight the armies of the aliens. You can tell the devil, back up. Go, go, go. James 4, 7, I already told you, go, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. And then it says in verse 35, women received their dead, raised to life again. When the Shunammite woman had built a little house, she and her husband had built a little house on their house for the prophet Elisha to come. When When he was in that area, he could come and she put in there a bed and a chair and a lamp and He can come there and he can turn in. He can rest. He can be refreshed. She joined her house to the house of God. Come on, somebody. And she didn't have a son. She was barren. Somebody say barren. Barren. She was barren. That means she could have no children. She had no child. And after the prophet had been there for a while, he said to his servant, what can we do? For this family. What can we do for this Shunammite woman. Seeing that she has nothing. She has no children. What can we do? And the prophet said you know maybe we'll pray. and God will give her a child. Give her a son. And they told her and she said don't play with me. Don't tease me. As if to say we tried to have children when we were young. We did everything that we could. He said you're going to have a baby. She had a child. She had a son. The son grew up. One day the son went out into the field where his dad was and he said to his dad my head, my head and they took him back to the house to his mom and he died and so she told her servant Saddle the donkey, we're going to go we're going to the prophet, we're going to the man of God we're not going to stop we're not going to talk to anybody, we're going straight to him and when she got close the prophet saw her coming and sent Gehazi out there and when she ran into him and he started asking her, what do you need? Why are you here? Why have you come? This is an unusual time. Why have you come? All she would say is, it is well. It is well. See, you need to learn how to speak. We, we say stupid things. I'm trying to keep you from ever going to hell. I'm trying to get you where you learn that your life follows your words. Say, Pastor, That was so mean. No, 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 no. We say stupid things. We say, my head is killing me. Your head's not killing you. It's not. Quit saying that. Quit saying things that will be established. Job twenty-two twenty-eight. 28. Learn to speak wisely. Quit putting things in the atmosphere. Quit putting negative things in the atmosphere. Your life, life and death, the Bible says, life and death. Life and death is in the power of your tongue. She said, it is well. It is well. Why are you here? What can we do? It is well. Is everything all right with your husband? It is well. Is everything all right with your son? It is well. Is everything all right with everybody? It is well. And she went to the man of God. Long story short, the man of God went back. And this Shunammite woman had her son raised from the dead. He wasn't asleep, he didn't OD. He wasn't drunk. He was dead. I read in my Bible where it says Jesus Christ, the same, yesterday, today, and forever. Either it's true or it's a lie, and we are foolish in here believing it. If it's true, then why are we not standing on this promise? Why are we not living by this book? Why have we not raised ourselves up as warriors according to what he says he is and what he says we can do and the greater works will we do? Why have we, what are we waiting on? If we believe, if you can believe, the Bible says all things are possible if you will only believe. Women receive their dead raised to life again. What is dead in your life? What is dead in your family? What is dead in the church? What is dead in our country? What is dead? It is time to raise it up. It's time for the resurrection power that is in us, that was in Jesus, to begin manifesting where we live and where we work and where we play and see dead things raised to life again come on somebody shout hallelujah so what do we do here it is wrapping up to become a warrior there's some things that we must do so since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses hebrew said which means there was a lot of honorable mentions, there were a lot of great warriors, there were a lot of men and women that had done things in the faith by the power of the Holy Spirit. It was just like, where do we start? Who do we recognize? Because look at this host of people that God has used. Here's what we must do. First of all, we've got to lay aside every weight. We've got to be fast, quick, Lean, ready to move, ready to go at a moment's notice. Whatever God says, when God speaks, then we speak. When God puts it in your spirit, do. If God says, go over there to the next pump and fill somebody's tank, go over there and do it. Don't start saying, well, should I? Do I have enough money? What will they think? We worry about what people think. Who cares what they think? It's really none of your business what somebody thinks. They have their own thoughts. They have their own head. Let them think what they want to think. Why do you even care? Why do you care what somebody thinks? Because what somebody thinks about you has nothing to do with who you are in Jesus. It has nothing. There's going to be haters. There are going to be haters and naysayers from now on. There will always be haters. There will always be naysayers. There will always be people that will poke fun and make fun and and try to criticize you and condemn you and put negative things in the atmosphere. So why do you care? If you believe the Bible, if you believe God is who He says He is, if Jesus lives in you and Jesus speaks to you to do something, then just do it. Let us lay aside every weight. All those things that are heavy, that bog us down, that weight us down, all those thoughts, throw those, uh, lay those weights aside. And then He said, lay aside every sin. There it is. Every sin. Which so easily ensnares you. Those are your little pet sins. those are your little sins nobody knows about. Those are those things that you go back to and you say, "Well, I'm delivered, I'm delivered. The whole the devil had on me. He ain't got no more." And then you go back and say, "Nobody's looking." And you just do your little sin. We've got to lay aside the weight and every sin which ensnares us, which besets us, which sets us back. And then we have to run with endurance. You cannot run with endurance if you're out of shape. See, he's using the parallel of sports and athletics here. And anybody that's ever worked out, anybody that's ever run track, anybody that's ever lifted weights, anybody that's been involved in any kind of sport, you cannot have endurance if you are out of shape. You have to get in shape. You have to practice what you're going to do. You have to get ready to do what you're going to do. So when the time comes to do what you're going to do, you practice what you were going to do. And now you are ready to do what you're supposed to do. Did you get all that? Let us run with endurance. That means you don't get weary. You don't quit. You don't stop. You don't take too many breaks. You have endurance. Whatever it takes, you keep going. If he says go left, you go left. If he says go left again, you go left again. If he says back up for a moment, pause, get ready. Whatever he says, you run with endurance the race that is set before us. And then you look to Jesus. Look to him. Quit looking at yourself. Quit looking at the flesh. Quit looking at the pastor. Quit looking at the church. Quit, quit looking at politics. Quit looking at finances. Quit looking at all the stuff that pollutes the world and confuses you and gets on your mind. Quit looking at all of those things and focus, focus, focus on one thing. On Jesus Christ. His word and Him crucified and raised from the dead. Look unto Jesus because Jesus is the author of your faith. And Jesus is the finisher of your faith. He is the one that wrote it. he's the one that started it he's the one that will finish it he's the one that sees the whole thing he's got it all together and if we will look at him and focus on him everything else will fall in place and then you can receive the joy that was set before him because he endured the cross he despised the shame he sat down at the right hand of the father at the throne of god and right now he's interceding for you he's saying do you see my son do you see my daughter He's he's at the right hand of the Father saying, Check them. Look at look at this one. Look at Joey. Look at look at Martha. Look at look at uh, look at Rita. Look at Hank. Look, look what they're doing. And and warring angels. The Bible says the angels of the Lord encamp round about those that fear him. We have warring angels assigned to us. Yeah, yeah. Rita said hers rides a harley. Mine look like ten Goliaths. I probably need ten, maybe a hundred. So what do we do? Here's what we do. Psalm 144. We praise the Lord. You've got to learn to praise the Lord. We've got to learn to praise the Lord. We have to keep on praising the Lord. We cannot stop praising the Lord. We must ever have praises on our lips. It must come from our heart. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. We must praise the Lord. Be a praiser. Determine in your life today that you're not going to hell no matter what. And from today, you are going to be a praiser. I heard what you said. Well, that's not my personality. I'm quiet. I'm subdued. I just don't know about raising my hand. I don't know about lifting. I don't know about shouting out loud. I mean, you know, after all, we're in church. Aren't we supposed to be reverent and quiet? Sometimes he comes in a still, small voice. Sometimes. And when that time comes, we'll be quiet. But until then, he said, Shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph soldiers shout rua soldiers have they have something in their spirit they've got to get out they're ready to fight they're ready to go they're ready to fight they're ready to go on the next the next whatever the whatever the command is they're ready to go we are to praise the Lord why do we praise him because we know he's our rock We know He's got our back, and He's got our front, and He's got our side, and He's above us. The Bible says He's in front of us, behind us, beside us, above us, and beneath us, and He lives in our hearts. So we know He is our rock, our foundation. He is our strength. We know that He's got us. And then we know He prepares us for war. Why would He prepare us for war if we're not supposed to be warriors? Why would He prepare us for war if there was never a battle? Why would He prepare us for war if we're just supposed to lay up in the tall grass and hide? He prepares me for war. He trains me for battle. Yeah, yeah. You better not go into battle without some training because you can be sure the enemy is trained. What kind of massacre would it be for a bunch of unarmed untrained, unprepared soldiers to go against prepared, trained, ready warriors it would be a slaughter so he prepares me for battle he trains me for war he loves me rest assured today that God loves you he loves you he protects you he is your shield thank God Thank God. He is our shield. He is my safe place. High on the mountain. He rescues me. He is my shield. So, I trust Him. I trust Him. Aren't you glad you can trust Him? Stand with me. Praise the Lord. Let's just do that. Just praise Him. Let's praise the Lord. He's my rock. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Today has been some preparation for war. Today has been some training for the battle. Let me reassure you today. He loves you. I love you. I may seem hard. You may think, Pastor, what are you saying? Why are you talking to me like this? I love Jesus. Yeah? Yeah? He loves us, he protects me. I want you to know today, you are protected. We're in a battle, we are in a fierce war, but he is protecting us. He's protecting your mind, he is protecting your family, he's protecting your children, he's protecting your spirit man, your spiritual DNA. He is protecting your faith, he is protecting us. He has provided a safe place. He wants you to go to a higher place. Your praise, your worship will take you to a higher place. When you are on a higher place, you always have the advantage. Any warrior knows the best strategy is to be on a high place looking down at the enemy. You are at the advantage. The enemy is at a disadvantage. Your praise takes you to a higher plane. Your worship, your praise, your shouts unto the Lord when you are praying and spending time with Him. That preparation time takes you to a higher level, a higher plane, a higher place. And when you are at a higher place, you have the advantage over the enemy. It's a safe place. It's on a high mountain. And you can be confident and know that if you get in trouble, if you get in danger, He will rescue you. He's given us thousands of scriptures in this book that will rescue you, that will rescue your mind. They are appropriate for every situation for every dilemma for every challenge, for every storm, for every battle He gives you everything that you need to rescue you and He is your shield so because of that I trust Him, I trust Him I trust Him I trust Him Him. Could we praise Him just a moment? Come on. I know it's late. It's not my fault. The clock keeps ticking no matter what we do. It's not my fault. I can't help it. It's getting later. It's getting later. It's getting later. But He's preparing us for battle. He's preparing us for war. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Don't ask Him for anything right now. Just praise Him right now. Just praise Him. Just praise Him. Just praise Him. Just praise Him. Father we praise you. We worship you. We adore you. We adore you. We thank you for your sanctifying power. We thank you for your healing power. We thank you for your delivering power. We thank you for setting us free. We thank you for strength. We thank you. We praise you. We praise you. We worship you. We worship you. You are holy. You are holy, Lord God Almighty. You are healer. You are healer. You are miracle worker. You are mountain mover. You are giant killer. You are the water walker. We praise you, O Father. We praise you for the anointing to walk on the water. We praise you for the anointing by faith to move the mountain. We thank you, Father, by faith that we will raise the dead open blinded ears and blind or blinded eyes and deaf ears we thank you for the anointing we thank you for the power we thank you that faith is in us we thank you Lord that belief and faith and strength is coming to us at a new level at a new dimension that you are raising us up as remnant warriors in these last days and just what we read in Hebrews 11 is going to begin happening in the church today around the globe and if it's going to happen somewhere it may as well happen here it may as well happen at Metro Tab, it may as well happen in Chattanooga, it may as well happen in Tennessee, it may as well happen here in the southeast. You're going to pour out your spirit, there's going to be revival, there are going to be miracles and deliverance, Lord. We thank you that you're going to use us, that you're going to do it here in Jesus' name. We praise you, we praise you, we praise you, we praise you, we praise you. We bless you, we thank you, we honor you, we adore you, we worship you, we receive what you have, we receive it in faith, we receive it in. Faith and then we release it in faith wherever we go. Wherever we go, we shout it from the mountaintop. We release it in faith in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lift your hand and repeat after me a prayer from your heart. Say, I believe. I believe. I believe the Word of God. I believe Jesus is real. I believe Jesus has power. I believe He has authority. I believe Genesis 1, through 28. He gave me power. He gave me dominion. He told me to subdue. So I'm going to do what He told me to do. I'm going to subdue the enemy. I'm going to subdue doubts. I'm going to subdue fears. I'm going to subdue sickness. I'm going to subdue whatever I face that needs to be subdued. So power and authority of Jesus works in me so people are saved so people are delivered so people are set free so my family is saved so my neighbors are saved my co-workers are saved and your miracle power will cause others to believe because they know I can't save anybody I can't heal anybody I can't deliver anybody but when they see your power working in me And working in us, people will turn. People will give to you. People will surrender to you. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, for your anointing. Thank you for your power that is on me now. Thank you for breakthrough. Thank you for deliverance. Thank you for resources to advance your kingdom. Thank you that I am debt-free. I curse debt. I refuse debt. I receive the resources to go to another level. I am a tither. I am a giver and I am blessed. I am highly favored. I will give to others. I will bless your kingdom. I will fill up the tanks of single moms that can't pay their own gas. I am blessed. I will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I will speak healing and they will recover. I will pray and cast out devils and people will be set free from addictions, from pornography, from whatever vice that holds them captive. We are free. We are free. We are free. Come on now, lift it up. Lift up a shout. We are free. We are free. free. I trust him. I trust him. I trust him. I trust him. Thank you, Father, for your word, for your faithfulness, for your power. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Warriors of faith. Warriors of faith. We can't play church anymore, folks. We can't just go through the motions. We got to get strategic. This is where we start. This is where we start. Amen.